welcome to the Profit Powerhouse Podcast, the ultimate resource for business success and growth. I'm your host, Glenn Poulos, and I'm thrilled to be joining you on this exciting journey. Currently, I hold the position of VP and GM of NWS Canada. Additionally, I take pride in being the author of the critically acclaimed book, Never Sit in the Lobby. Throughout this podcast, my mission is crystal clear, to equip you with the strategies and insights you need to not only establish a strong presence in front of your clients, but also to take meaningful action and maintain that position. After all, being a pleasure to do business with is the key to fostering lasting connections in the corporate world. Together, we'll explore the art of not just building a successful and profitable company, but also cultivating a high-performing team that's capable of achieving remarkable results. Whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business professional, or anyone looking to excel in the world of commerce, this podcast is tailored to help you thrive. If you're eager to be part of the conversation, I encourage you to visit my website, navigate to the podcast section where you can sign up and stay updated and participate in the show. Our episodes typically run for a duration of 30 to 40 minutes, ensuring you get a compact yet insightful dose of valuable information. So get ready to unleash your profit powerhouse potential. Join me on this podcast as we delve into the strategies, stories, and secrets that will drive your success. Remember, your journey to becoming an influential person and prosperous business leader starts right now. Hello, and welcome to another exciting installment of the Profit Powerhouse podcast, your compass for navigating the world of business to unlock the secrets of profit, growth, and success. I'm your host, Glenn Poulos, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have you join us for another illuminating conversation. But before we dive into today's discussion, allow me to introduce a true expert in the realm of sales, revenue, and profit growth, Doug C. Brown. Doug is the CEO of CEO Sales Strategies and is widely known as a sales, revenue, and profit growth expert. Doug is the creative mind behind the Top 1% Academy, a platform where he imparts invaluable knowledge on the art of selling to buyers, whether they're CEOs, business owners, or entrepreneurs, and how to soar to the ranks of the top 1% of sales earners. Without further delay, let me welcome to the show, Doug. Welcome, Doug. Hey, Glenn. Thanks for having me here. No problem. It's great to have you. So uh, it's Friday afternoon, at least for recording time, and uh, which, is, which is great. So uh, the weekend's almost upon us. <laughs> and uh, where are you located? Uh, I'm in New Hampshire in the United States. Okay. All right. So I'm up in the Toronto area and... Uh, just starting to get cold here it's probably cooling down in your area as well but uh no snow as of yet so anyways (laughs) um that's the funny thing about canadians right we always start the conversation with how's the weather because so much of our life is governed governed by is it hot cold (laughs) snowing raining you know um yeah and um do we have to call the national guard to clear our highways right so because that happens several (laughs) times a year with the five foot snowfall so Anyways, um, so why don't you give us a little background on how you came to starting your firm and uh, a little history of what led up to that, and uh, I'd love to hear your background. Yeah, so, well, uh, the history of what led into CEO Sales Strategies was I had been working so many with so many entrepreneurs and listening to CEOs, and they were not complaining, but they had legitimate uh, consideration on they're trying to find really good salespeople. And, you know, ones that 
do the job and, you know, hit the quota and, you know, and, 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 and are able to do that. And then, so as I was going through and, and helping companies grow with their profits and with their revenue, I really kind of realized a couple of things. Number one, there's a system and process that can be installed in pretty much anyone to help them increase sales. And two, salespeople many times were getting fired long before they were supposed to <laughs> because companies didn't have the systems and structure and processes in place to actually support them, especially the top 1% or those type of right. people. And so they would come into companies and they would not be making the money they want to make so that they, they would leave, right? And it's expensive, as you and I both know, Glenn, to turn people over uh, unnecessarily. And so I started looking back at the days when I was, you know, president of Tony Robbins companies and Chet Holmes companies and sales and, and, and I was training those people and, you know, with Tony Robbins close rate went from 18.7% to 43.2% in four months. Wow. And I was like, you know what, there's gotta be something here because I keep duplicating this over and over and over again within other companies when I'm working with them. So I created that process and I call it the 1% Academy. So that's how that came about. A uh, little bit of history. I started working at the age of three, actually for my dad. <laughs> yeah, I was I was sweeping floors for 25 cents a week and I right. loved wow. it. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, back then you could buy a lot of candy for a penny. Oh, right? yeah. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, double bubble was like 10 for a penny. Yeah, 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 yeah. I tell, yeah. I tell my I tell my kids those stories and they're like, yeah. "What are you kidding me? Like <laughs> a Hershey bar today is like a dollar fifty or whatever." Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Um, but yeah. yeah, it was uh, it was a great job, and I worked with my dad for for most of my uh, you know, uh, years. I actually used to get out of school half time and and you know go to school full half time and go work with him, and I learned a lot about building a company. Um, some regards building it on my back, you know, because that's what my dad did. So I sort of like fashioned that for the early part of my career, had a lot of small companies built those. Um, and then, you know, started building some, some bigger ones and then, you know, didn't, didn't win it. A lot of them won it, some of them, and, uh, you know, had a couple of barn burner experiences and that was fun too. And so I've got a very, uh, myriad and varied, uh, background in business in all kinds of industries. And, um, that, you know, people used to think I was crazy, Glenn, because I would start, you know, a company and then start another company and then start another company. And, right. um, and what I learned is now connecting the dots as I get older, that that's actually been very beneficial to myself and people I work with because I can relate to different industries versus one vertical. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny you mentioned the you know the starting of companies or what have you. I um, you know, as we know as entrepreneurs, right? It's not a it's not just a linear growth to you know uh you know full riches and whatever, right? There's bumps right. along the way, right? And um, you know, in the early two thousands, I built a company for fifteen years, which I sold for a very nice exit in the in the in the eight figures. And but I was dumb enough that I took stock in this company that uh, it was a public company that bought up. And to make a long story short, I was all locked up as an insider. I couldn't really sell any shares. And yep. and what ended up happening was they're kind of 
you know, doing a cut and dice and slice and ripping cash out of businesses. And they ultimately went, went bankrupt and the shares went to pretty much zero. Yep. And I went from this on paper millionaire, which I never got to spend any of that money to, uh, to a pauper, you know, and uh, from a prince to a pauper. Right. And um, of course it was very shocking. I'd given away my business. It, ultimately what happened was I, it ended up turning out in plain English that I'd given it away at that point. Yep. Right. Cause it was, yep. the shares were worthless. And um, I had to, either get a job or start another company. And I was actually so scared about the concept of how to get a job at 46 or so, whatever it was years of age, that it was easier for me to actually contemplate the mechanics of starting a business, which, which I I did. And, uh, you know, and I started a company uh, in the mid two thousands and then I grew that for 15 years. And then I sold that one for cash in 2022 right that lesson i did learn <laughs> but, a, uh, yeah. but, but a, uh, yeah yeah anyways go ahead sorry i was gonna say there's a great lesson in that right because you know i did i got stuck in a company as well and it was supposed to go off at a hundred dollars a share but it went off at 14 right right yeah. so it was like oh i put all these years in doing this and I was supposed to exit, as you said, a, yeah. you know, a millionaire. And I exited, uh, you know, making about a hundred thousand dollars or whatever right. it was, you know, off the yeah. stock, which you know isn't terrible. Don't get me no. wrong. But, yeah, yeah, I get it. But right. um, but you learned, okay, a, you're not going to do that again. And then B, uh, you're unemployable at this point because right. you just can't, your mind can't wrap around being employed any longer. Exactly. Yeah. And I see so many people, Glenn, in business, they're not, they don't, they don't get the concept because to me, that's a concept of, of leverage. It's a concept of profit growth, right? Or it's right. a concept of, I'm going to leverage again and do what I did before. And this last exit, you did quite well from what yeah. I understand. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Right. Another so, bigger exit, so. so it only, it only took you 30 years to get the goal. And, <laughs> exactly. and, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then, I mean, how many people, Glenn, look though and they go, oh my gosh, you know, you exited, you did so well. Like it must have been roses all the way along. Yeah. You know? No, hardly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's, yeah. So, what are some of the key insights or strategies that you teach individuals to, to reach, you know, a little glimpse into what makes a top 1% sales earner? What, what separates them? Or, you know, maybe, maybe a little tip or two on what it takes, you know? People are well, wondering how they get there. Yeah, I mean the main the main thing that one percent earners have uh, a few um, one would be leverage. So they have working leverage in what they do, and um, you know it's it that one's interesting to me because my wife and I were sitting at a restaurant the other night, and she uh, in her earlier uh, years she was a school teacher. She's like you know tell me a little more about this. And I said, well, and I drew it out on a napkin and I said, you know, how much can you make as a school teacher? You know, she's from Poland originally. And, right. and, and, and so we talked and I said, okay, so if you work any more hours than that, do you ever get paid more than that? She goes, no. I said, did you ever spend time grading papers? She said, yes. I said, did you ever spend time in, you know, parent activities? Uh, yes. Uh, do you ever spend time, you know, with administrative uh, issues in the, in, in the school? Yes. And the more yeses I got, the more I could hear her voice changing to that. Yeah. I'm not really happy about this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And then I said, okay, so uh, let's say you're an employee at a retail store. If you work extra hours, do you get paid for that? 
Yes, I do. If you work Sundays, do you get paid time and a half? Yes. I say, well, then a retail clerk actually had more leverage than you did. Right. Now let's go to a salesperson. And so we played that, you know, thing. Like if you sold this, now she has, and she, um, she made a, an annual income in a week one time. So it was like, and so we talked about that and I said, so that's leverage, right? When you, when you're able to take that same time and compress the time, but expand the revenue and profit on that, right. that's leverage. So how do you build that into sales? So one percenters, that's, that's what they have. They have uh, more working leverage. They also, um, they think differently as you know, because yeah. you've been around them. Um, and that level of thought, just like you said, I can't ever go back and be a good employee anymore because you just can't, the, the constriction yeah. of thought in there, that's a form of what one percenters will think like. They'll think I want never ending income. I want the opportunity to, to, to drive my own game. Um, but they live into that each and every day. The third thing is, is they build long-term relationships, which I know you're a big fan of. Yeah. Um, and uh, they look at long-term relationships as not leverage in the negative way, but it's a lot easier to sell to somebody you know over and over. And if right. you get 200 people you know over time and they're always buying from you on some type of basis, you know that quota is not even an issue. <laughs> it's right. like, that. that's like, we're not even going to talk about yeah. quota. We're, 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 that's a baseline for us to build upon now. And so there's there's things that, teaching people how to employ those forms of leverage um, gives them the exponential growth that they're looking for in the same amount of hours or sometimes even less amount of hours than they're actually doing. But, you know, I mean, can literally triple up or quadruple their income. Yeah. I just love leverage. I mean, I'm always going on about it and I often say, you know, like sales jobs, I still have, don't have it exactly rolling off the tongue the way I want, but it's sort of like, it's the, it's the easiest job to make a ton of money and the, and also the easiest job to make no money, right? Like, I mean, if you work hard, right, you know, you can actually make a ton of money and relative to other people in the, in the enterprise that you work in, it can sometimes be disproportionate, right? And, um, and then also there could be other guys that are working beside you, maybe in the same organization where they're kind of hardly making anything at all, right? And I mean, right. and I, and I'm not talking about people that are just on pure commission or whatever, but you know, most, most of the sales professionals I work on, it's a combination of a base salary and commission, but you know, the real guys that knock it out of the park, like they, they're making money that sometimes rivals what the CEO is making. Right. And, yes. and people, a lot of people are like, that's not right. And they, you know, the, the, the VP of this has to make more than the sales guy and the CEO, you know, and I mean, a lot of CEOs are like, no, I'm, I'm okay. If the sales guy makes more than me <laughs> uh, because he's making money in a lot of other ways. Right. He's, and he's probably not taking it all out in, you know, in uh, uh, W2 income. Right. You know, he's getting dividends and the growth of his business and, and what have you. Right. But also about leverage. Um, I learned a, you know, a great trick for leverage for salespeople Um is the mastermind breakfast where people are like, well, how do I leverage myself as a salesperson? And is where, um, and I know a fellow where he's gone in the, in his territory and he's found five guys that sell to the same clients, but they all sell different products. Yeah. Right. And it could be anything from in like insurance to semiconductors, to office equipment, to uh, you know, professional services to consult, whatever. Right. The thing is, is that 
There's zero competitive uh, threat between them. So there's no poaching in any way. And they've, they have sort of a, some kind of a, either a written or, or unwritten NDA between them. And they get together every month for a breakfast. And they're like, you know, this company, you know, IBM over in Toronto is doing great this right now. And Microsoft's laying off or, you know, whatever it is, they're giving guys, you know, and there's a new guy in finance here and there's a new guy in engineering over there. And, um, and the, um, you know, and you got basically six, five guys working for you, making you six people, right? And, you know, um, what that doesn't cost you anything, right? Except for the price of a breakfast once a month, right? So, well, that's in that, um, in one of my telecommunications companies that I was employed, that is one of the leverage points that I used. Right. And, and so you can even include competitors in that as long as it's uh, well aligned, you know, understanding like so i would have for example in uh, my group i would have a, a competitor that sold uh outside my area but kind of on the fringe of my inside of my area and i would be on the outside of his area and so he would get inevitably one company would say i, I got this area and i got that area and he's like well i can't serve that so who do i get a hold of he gets a hold of me and i would do right. the same right yeah. so i think in and when they do direct mail, I think, is it called post-deck mailing or something like yeah. that? They do something similar, right? Um, yeah. But that is a huge form of, of leverage. And I, you know, I, I love what you call it a mastermind biz, because, you know, to me, it's like next level up on BNI yeah. or something, right? It's yeah. like a real, a real, no, I'm sorry, BNI, but, um, you know, it's a real, like, you're not walking in there hoping you're going to get business out of it. Right. It's, it's, it's targeted. Yeah. And that's an awesome, uh, yeah. awesome way of leverage. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to interview here, Glenn. Uh, what else yeah. you got, Glenn? Like what <laughs> yeah, else kind of leverage right. points yeah. do you have? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, my other one is that as a salesman grows, right. And I learned this myself at 29 and a half when the owner pulled in a car ever, ever, every year he pulled in an ever increasing car of value. Right. And I was 20 in my twenties and I was like, of course, cars were everything to me at the time, right? And, uh, and so I kept saying, like, why am I still driving a Mazda? And he's, you know, now he's up to like a, a Lexus and a this and a that, right? And uh, the other guys had BMWs, 750s. And I'm like, I'm doing something wrong here, right? And and I realized, like, and I was actually, I accelerated my income a lot in those five years that I worked for him. And I learned a lot of the tips that I shared in my book from yeah. those guys, right? But what I realized as well was in the form of leverage was that, for them, they were they were owned the sales company and they were selling in the sales company and they were they were drawing a, a proportionate income to their performance, but they were also taking a share of the profits, right? And the profits were governed by how many other successful salespeople were in the company. So a salesman that can take their strategies and, and build their business and then take that leap of faith and maybe start their own uh, firm in the in their in their area of expertise. Now they have the leverage of the entire organization generating wealth for them, right? Yes. And that leverage is just immeasurable, you know? And, um, you know, and I mean, when you look at the size of organizations like you work for, like Tony Robbins and stuff and, and the results you got, I mean, he has lots and lots of people working with him and for him, you know, they're all doing well financially, but he's, you know, he's, they all, all of those guys lift him up, right? Every time he adds a person, um, it ra it raises his leverage just a little bit more, right? Yeah, and I and I think that one of the things, and absolutely on target, and one of the things that 
sometimes people are afraid of is they think they got to keep it all themselves. Right. And um, so in the telecommunications space, there was a gentleman who was my mentor, one of them, uh, his name was Richard Minervino. And he said to me one day, Doug, I want you to look up in the sky. And I said, okay. And he said, what do you see? I said, sun. He goes, okay, what else do you see? I said, clouds. He goes, what else do you see? I said, well, there's a few rain clouds coming in. He goes, good. I want to focus on that. I'm like, what's the lesson? He's like, what comes from rain clouds? I said, rain. He says, does rain pour down in a big bucket or does it come down in little droplets? And I said, little droplets. And he said, good. What I want you to think of is every little point of leverage that you can get in your life, even residual income. If you can get lots of droplets coming down, you don't have to have the big pour of water because that will be a bigger container at the end than just the pour of water. And, and I think that's what uh, I'm hearing you say loud and clear is like, exactly. you know, um, <laughs> you're, <Yeah>. you're, you're, <laughs> you're <laughs> it's, a, it's a great formula, but see, this is, this is how people who are 1% earners, because you are one, um, how they think and act. Right. Yeah. And so they, they do things just differently to create leverage points. And, you know, it's not uh, it's not that hard, but it's like someone they understand, like they talk to you, Glenn, or talk to me or trained by us. Then they're like, oh, wow. Didn't didn't realize that. Like, yeah. you know, um, I think another one was when I went to work for uh that company I told you the stock was going to supposed to go off at high right. and it eventually went off for lower. Um, you know, I do, I was used, I used to do this in every company that I would be employed. I'd, I'd ask at the time of interview, can I talk to your top three earners in selling top three? And I'd get a hold of them and I'd take them out to lunch or out the dinner or out the, the strip club if they wanted right. to go or whatever. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't there. And I would ask them point blank, Tell me how you're doing this. Yeah. And they would. Well, that's a form of leverage too, because now we know what they're doing. We only have to repeat what they're doing, not yeah. going to strip clubs because that wasn't my thing. But the, the point being is that learning information like that in a rapid method, condensing down that time, which would have taken me a year or two to probably figure out what they were doing. Right. They told me in 30 minutes or less. So all these like little points of, of thought and action create that leverage through the yeah. process. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of like leverage and use in the beginning, you talked about some good salespeople and bad salespeople, and you brought up a, a story that I like to tell as well. A lot of people think about, Oh, well, I'm adding salespeople. I mean, will they cost money and how do I afford it? And I, and there was one, one time there was a sales guy I was interviewing. Right. And this is where the, the sort of story came to my mind originally, right. Where he's like, Oh, he says, Glenn, I, you can't afford me. And I don't know where it came from, but just this lightning bolt of response came down. And I'm like, afford you. I said, I, I don't have to afford you. I said, if you're any good, you'll pay for yourself, right? It's only right. the shitty salespeople that I need to afford, <laughs> right? And so right. And people like sometimes wonder about that. I'm like, you know, that's why, you know, you know, uh, slow to hire, quick to fire. And I know you, you, you like to build them up and that, that is true. But training and all that is important. But when you when you realize that the fit's not right or whatever, you know, you need to adjust. Right. And, and you need to pivot. And um, good salespeople, 
don't cost you anything. They're free, right? And so getting them to the one percent or getting them up, you know, um, and they're they're not all going to be one percent, but I mean, you know, getting these guys up and earning is they all just become an annuity for you and your for your company. Right? Yeah, and that's why um, you know, in, inspiring them to be better and do better. It's so important because you have such a limiting ability to pay for people that are not properly trained or performing to par, right? And I mean, that may seem obvious or whatever, but at the same time, I mean, if you're struggling with some this subpar uh, performance, you know, a lot of people are like, what do I do? I, what do I do? Right. And I, you know, and you have to look back upon your training and your, and your, you know, also your core values in your business. And, and I mean, do they have the right tools to be successful in, in your business? Right. So. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and Glenn, you bring up a really good point because there are ways, I mean, we're always going to make mistakes in hiring. I remember Charlie Munger yeah. said to Chet Holmes one day, if you get hiring right half the time, you've done better than most. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there are there are evaluation tools that we could use and uh, in order to find out, does this person actually have the will to sell or the, the sales DNA that, that one's looking for, right? So that I have found to be very helpful for companies when they use the right assessments, not when right. they use disc assessments or something like that, that doesn't tell them anything, um, but what their personality is. Um, but there, there are ways to mitigate that process. And, and again, you know, if we can mitigate that, we mitigate the loss. And if we're getting the productivity, our profitability is higher because we're not turning them over. Right. So yeah. um, I think that's invaluable of what you just brought up. And to your point, if they're not trainable, you got to cut them loose. Exactly. If they're, if they're, uh, you know, driving everyone else crazy on the team, yeah. you know, you got to, we might, we have to isolate them on an Island or, yeah. you know, yeah. figure something else out because yeah. it just will drag the rest of the team down. Right. So what sort of, uh, looking ahead, what excites you most about sales or sales training, <laughs> sales development, or the comp competitive landscape? What, what sort of, uh, uh, most excites you these days? I think when it comes to sales itself, it's always been the same thing. I love the, the 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 look in somebody's face when you know something goes right for them in a business, and it pushes their business forward in some capacity, or even in their life. You know, um, they're 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 acquiring something, some opportunity that they were looking for, solving some problem. Um, I've, I've always lived for that, that, you know, I was, I was a kid who literally would take my shirt off my back and, you know, yeah. give it to somebody if they felt better about yeah. wearing my shirt. Right. Yeah. So, um, as far as training goes, I think the, the, I see now Glenn more than ever, as I get a little, you know, older, I will say more seasoned, um, I don't like what's going on in the world. Like when yeah. people are starting to get to be, you know, 40, 50, 60, and they're starting to look at, I I can't afford to retire. Yeah. I can't afford to even, uh, you know, not even on the radar. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't even afford to think about it any longer. Yeah. Right. And some of those. Um, and so when I look at the common thread, most of the time, not always, they didn't have a position of leverage going through yeah. their career. Yeah. And so, you know, I started the Academy to help people to, think and act like 1% earners, but it's starting to also be very gratifying because there are people who come who instead of having to go take a second job in retirement, they can now create a leveraged position for themselves 
exactly. in retirement. And, you know, you and I both know if you're selling the right thing, I mean, making an extra $100,000 a year is not an issue right. when you're when you're really dedicated in selling. And so, you know, somebody who's just getting enough government security to pay their bills and get by, but they can't help their grandkids in the way they want, or they right. can't help their kids in the way they want, or they can't take that vacation they always wanted to because it's going to squeeze them so tight. What if, what if they could work remotely, right? And travel all over the world, right? So that really lights me up um, more, more than anything to, you know, in the training world at this point that that's available. Great. So um, as we wind down here a little bit, I mean, how do people uh, get a hold of you to in order to get on the one percent and get get to there? I mean, want to work with you and contact you? What's the best way for that? Well, thanks for asking. Um, I, can I give an ebook away? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, if you share me the, you can share the link or talk about it, or if you give me the link, I'll share it in the in the notes as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I I put the first version of this together. It's called the Nonstop One Percent Earner. It's uh, really on the psychology and philosophy of, of what it is. And uh, you can get it at www.ceosalesstrategies.com. Uh, uh, you can just go there and, and click, I want my book. Uh, you can uh, send in an email to us at youmatter, Y-O-U-M-A-T-T-E-R at ceosalesstrategies.com or uh, LinkedIn or my email is Doug at LinkedIn is Doug Brown one two three, uh, and just hit us up there. Awesome. We we answer everybody's inquiry. That's great. Well, it's been awesome speaking to you, and uh, look forward to talking with you again and continuing our dialogue. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, it's really nice having you on the show today. So thank you. I, I really appreciate you having me yeah. here. I'm very grateful. Thanks, Glenn. Awesome. Thank you. Take care. Bye for now. tuning in to another insightful episode of the Profit Powerhouse podcast. Your support and engagement means the world to us. If you're brimming with expertise and eager to join us, navigate to my website at glenpoolis.com forward slash podcast and go to the be a guest section to connect with us. Don't keep this information to yourself. Please share this podcast on your favorite social media platforms to empower your network with the strategies and wisdom you've gained. Your feedback fuels our growth. Please take a moment to rate and review the Profit Powerhouse podcast wherever you listen. Your input helps us to continually refine our content to serve you better. Remember, our mission is your success. We've committed to providing you with the tools and insights to drive your business forward, and we're excited to have you on this journey with us. To stay up to date on the latest episodes, hit the subscribe button, and let's stay connected. Reach out to me on social media and continue the conversation and stay inspired. For resources and information, visit my website at glenpoolis.com. And before we sign off, remember, I'm Glenn Poulos and reminding you that your potential as a business leader is limitless. Thank you for being a part of this podcast where your success story begins.